Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Russell Clark, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebearers, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it is good news, and it is for you. In the popular television show, Ted Lasso, one of the football, a.k.a. soccer players, Sam, makes a tweet as a form of activism for his country. In response to this tweet, Sam's restaurant named Ola's is vandalized just as he was preparing for a special guest, his dad, to visit. In spray paint on the wall of Ola's, someone wrote, shut up and dribble. Later, in front of his whole team, he loses his temper because of how his restaurant has been trashed and he's upset with the state of the world and how people respond to it. Then his dad shows up in the locker room and Sam gets emotional. He is talking with his dad alone and his dad says, if you really wanna make these people angry, forgive them. He said, listen to me, his dad says, don't fight back, fight forward. Sam doesn't want his father to see his restaurant in the state that it is now, but his dad says he wants to see it anyway And as they arrive at Ola's, they are in for a surprise. Sam's entire team is there helping to clean it up. They're painting and repairing the sign and bringing in wine to replace what was ruined and restoring it to its original beauty. And at that moment, we learn that Sam's dad prefers to be called Ola. The neon sign lights up for Ola's and Ola himself learns the restaurant is named after him. Later, the team is all seated at a long table in the newly restored Ola's, and they are laughing and enjoying each other's company, and Sam and Ola are preparing food for the team in the kitchen. And this moment immediately reminded me of communion, a team serving their teammate in need, a son being reminded to forgive when someone hurts us doing what we think is right, and a son and a father preparing food for the team. This was a powerful moment on a television show that is a metaphor for the church and communion and how to be a community caring for one another. See, gatherings around the table like this are more powerful than we realize. Next time you have a bunch of friends or family over, take note of where everyone is gathered. More often than not, it's not the living room, even if there's a ball game on. Everyone is usually gathered in the kitchen around the food, around the drinks, long after the meal is over. There is just something so meaningful about being gathered around the table. When my friends, Michelle and Billy, when they were married, Billy made a beautiful, long wooden table for their newly united family. What an incredible symbol of uniting and blending of their families. Years from now, this table will continue to be a symbol of their love and unity and their commitment to their marriage and to their families. And just like a blended family uniting by marriage, the church is one of the few places that ask you to call someone completely different than you, your brother and sister. Church asks you to love your enemies, to love those you disagree with. Church asks you to love those who have completely different interests than you. 
Church asks you to sit at the table with your Judas, your friend who will betray you. In a world full of cancel culture that is ready to ban someone who does something wrong or does something different than what a certain group thinks, here in church culture, we are still called to show grace when no one else does. We should be held accountable for our actions, but it is still possible to show grace even to those who don't deserve it, like Jesus has done for us on the cross. You know, we want to throw our arms up like a toddler and say, but I don't want to like him. I don't want her to be my sister. I don't want to be nice. Throwing a temper tantrum like a toddler is much easier than being at church. We like to think that our taste is the best taste. But when we taste the food that Jesus gives, it's food that's for everyone. What God offers us to taste also reaches the palace of our Judas, of our enemies. It fulfills the needs of every person, not just the people we like. It's bread for every background. It's food for every family member. It's a drink for a diverse group of God's children. There are eight reasons why we take communion. Duty. We take communion because Jesus told us to. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance. We take communion to remember what Jesus has done for us, to remember the sacrifice of his body and blood on the cross. And confession. We take communion to examine ourselves and to confess our sins before the Lord. Fellowship. We take communion to unite with one another and with God as the body of Christ. And healing. We take communion as a symbol of the healing of our souls and the forgiveness of our sins by the sacrifice of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Transformation. Communion also symbolizes the restoration of our bodies and souls to be transformed into something holy as Christ is holy. And mystery. Communion also symbolizes the mystery of our faith and the hope that we have in looking forward to the resurrection of our bodies. And then finally, gratitude. The Eucharist means thanksgiving. Communion is about giving thanks for what Jesus has done for us by his sacrifice. So a restaurant, a kitchen, a table, a church, the food we taste means more when we realize it's about this fellowship and community and unity and family. The drinks that we drink mean more when we realize it's about healing and transformation and the great mystery of our faith. So even when we have communion blessed in a parking lot. So when I first moved to Florida to serve the little country church in Florida, my license to be a pastor had to be transferred from the United Methodist Church office in Texas. If you don't know this about the United Methodist Church, the pastor has to bless the elements for communion, unlike how things are done here in the Disciples of Christ denomination. The pastor's authority blesses the elements, but rather we believe here that this authority belongs only to God. So since I wasn't licensed in Florida yet, I had to get a worthy soul, a Florida pastor, to bless the elements for me. Alan Johnson, the pastor at First United Methodist Church in Ocala, he and I met at church uh, uh, for lunch at Chili's. After we ate our greasy hamburgers, he blessed the communion elements out in the parking lot of Chili's before I served my congregation communion the following Sunday for the first time as their senior pastor. Alan said, I feel really silly doing this while cars are driving by playing Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it. It was really ironic 
to be blessing the communion elements and hearing, we're not going to take it. No, we're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. This is why I don't sing. That Sunday, I told two of the church leaders this story, and I said, this is stupid. I don't want to do this again over something as trivial as my license not being transferred. They said, we totally agree. This is stupid. You do not have to do this again. So I knew I was going to be serving the right church because we believed that trivial rules were nothing in comparison to the true authority that comes only from God. Ultimately, the blessing didn't matter to us. The fact that God was already present did. It was never about the act of blessing. It is about remembering that the blessing is already ours. When Jesus had fed the 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes, the whole crowd was stunned, and Jesus knew that the people wanted to make him king by force because of the miraculous thing that he did, so he retreated to a mountain by himself. It took the crowd a whole day to find him, but when they finally did, this is what Jesus said, you haven't been looking for me because I did some miraculous thing, but because you ate the bread I gave you and you had your fill. See, I just love the way Jesus talks. It's not really about the big, wonderful miracle. It's not about the blessing. It's about the nourishment that Jesus gave them. It's about knowing the presence of God is with us. Deep down inside, we do what we do because we are looking for nourishment, not a miracle. When we get to the heart of what really matters, we just want to know that we're cared for, that we're loved. Jesus continued. He said, do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life which the son of man will give you the food that will last will be what god gives the things that god encourages the food that will last will be loving god and one another it will be the time that we spend connecting with one another this is what we will taste and know that it's good this will mean much more than physical food that spoils and only nourishes us for a brief period. This will be the spiritual food that shows us how to live a life everlasting. So one of my professors, he told me this story once about how he was in church standing in line to receive communion, and next to him there was this young man who seemed very confused. My professor could tell that this young man obviously had not been in church very much. He kept looking over my professor's shoulders as what was about to happen, peeking at the people taking a piece of bread and they were dipping it into the cup of juice. And the young man tapped on my professor's shoulders and whispered to him, sir, is that little piece of bread all they're gonna feed us for lunch? Is that all we get to taste? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I think these words about food can be compared to Jesus' word about what we drink with the woman at the well in John 4. Jesus told her, Everyone who drinks the water from this earth will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus said here, We will never thirst again, but he also said that the water he gives will be a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So it's not that we can drink this water once and we'll be satisfied forever. It's not that we can taste and eat the bread of life once and we won't be hungry again. It's that we will never go hungry. We will never be without food to eat or without water to drink. Like the man asking, is that all? The answer is no. 
That's not all. There's more bread for you, but you have to keep coming back for more. We have to come back to the water to quench our thirst. We have to keep eating the bread to be nourished. We have to return to the table. We have to continually eat the bread and drink the wine. We have to keep meeting the church at this table. God is there to give you a drink to be healed and restored, but you have to take a drink. God is there to nourish you and to give you this church for fellowship and community, but you have to come to the gathering and you have to take a bite. Like Sam's team, we have to show up for our friends in need. Like my friends Michelle and Billy, we have to build the table to be a blended family. And like our gatherings with our families and friends, we taste and see how we are nourished by being together. But thankfully, we don't have to get the elements blessed in the parking lot playing we're not going to take it. The bread of life tastes better than that. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.